Are you looking for a dynamic group of caring people focused on serving an amazing God and doing life together? That's who we are at Grace Church. I'm Pastor Glenn Murphy. Our purpose is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference together. We've been in this community for almost 15 years. If you're looking for a local church with exceptional worship and a practical message, I invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Grace Church, we'll save you a seat. All right, how about it? Did you see anybody in there that you recognized? I know you recognize Pastor. Do you see a few familiar faces? Isn't that great? So that, what you just saw, is our brand new 30-second commercial, and that is going to run 150 times between March the 6th and April the 8th in the Central and Denham Springs markets. And check this out. It's going to run on commercial breaks on Fox News, Hallmark Channel, Food Network, TLC, HGTV, all those channels in this market. That that spot's going to run 150 times. Our church is about to be known in the community. Amen. And that is not, it is not just, you know, just a, a neat idea or something we thought we'd try or, or to get your faces out there. Uh, this is very strategic in accordance with pastoral vision and what he feels like God has placed in his heart. And uh, it's part of a broader broader vision, a broader message, and we're getting ready to see the kingdom of God come to earth and see some things happen in this area, in this metroplex. We're praying, we're fasting, we're believing for it, and we're putting we're putting it out on Main Street to see what God will do in just the coming days and weeks. If you're on board with that and you're excited about it one more time, let's give God some praise for what he's doing and what he's going to do. Awesome, awesome. Isn't that great? I want to welcome you here this morning to Grace Church. So glad you're here on campus. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them you're glad to see them today. Oh, it's just great to see you. Doesn't it feel good in the presence of God? And then those joining us on Facebook Live and live stream, we're so glad you've chosen to make this service a part of your Sunday schedule. And we know it's going to be a blessing to you. God bless you today for joining us. We're anticipating a move of God. Just three quick things that I want to remind you of before we change the order of the service. Don't forget first Tuesday prayer this Tuesday night right here in the sanctuary at 730. Very important. Pastor mentioned this Wednesday night. We want everybody to come, especially our families. Let's seek the Lord together this Tuesday night. And then, ladies, uh, women's conference is almost here. I mean, it has snuck up on us. Here it is. We've been announcing it, talking about it uh, next weekend, March 9th through 11th. Ladies Conference in Tioga. If you're able to go, I know you'll be blessed. Don't forget. And then the last thing I want to remind you of may not be quite as exciting as those. It's definitely not as exciting as the commercial. But Daylight Savings Time begins next Sunday. Oh, you're excited about it. That's great. That's great. I guess there is something to be excited about because we get more daylight. I was thinking it was not very exciting because it's a one hour less that you get to sleep. And You know, the older I get, it doesn't matter if we move forward or backward. It doesn't matter. It feels like jet lag either way. And it takes me two or three days to adjust. But please don't forget that. We want you to be at church at the right time next Sunday. So make a note of that. Hey, I've been meditating as you stand with me today. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer in just a moment. But I've been meditating 
mentioned it in Sunday school. Psalm chapter 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of that pit, out of the miry clay, set me on a rock to stay. And he put a new song in my heart, in my mouth. And then he says, many will see and fear and know that he is God. If you're wondering why I'm worshiping today, it's because God's put a new song in my heart. And I hope my worship is exuberant enough that people notice it and give praise to God and say, look what God's doing for him. Look what God's doing for her. Look what God's doing in this church because he's put a new song in our heart. Amen. And so we're going to go to the Lord and worship here in just a moment. But we do want to pray. And uh, uh, we want to pray for the service today. We want God to have his way. I want to be in the will of God today. We also have a very special request, Brother Tony Roberts. Uh, he was the uh, assistant pastor for many years over in Denham Springs, now pastors in Mississippi. Has been a friend to many, many folks in this area through the years. He stands in an urgent need tonight of prayer. Uh, he's battling cancer. And uh, we just want to take a moment and pray for him today as we're praying for our service. As soon as we do, we're going to transition right into our worship set today. So let's do that together, and then let's prepare our hearts to worship God. Jesus, I thank you for the presence of God that's here. Lord, there is a power. There is an optimism. There is a surge of the Holy Ghost. And, Lord, I want to wade into it with my praise. I want to wade into it with my worship. Oh, God, anoint everything that's done on this campus in the next few minutes. Let your word go forth. Anoint the preaching of the word, the praise, the worship, the singing. Lord, and I'm praying for Brother Roberts today. God, I know you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. Lord, do a miracle in his life. Lord, let him feel the peace of God. Let angels, Lord, encamp about him in his room today. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to Jesus as the praise team comes. Has anybody come to worship the Lord today?
praise the Lord, everybody. Let's praise the Lord. All over the house today, would you lift your voice? Hallelujah. God, we praise you. God, we worship you. We exalt you today. We exalt you today. We exalt you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody clap your hands. And let's praise the Lord one more time. Let's praise him. I've ever just seen the Lord answer prayer. He just did. Praise team just saying, Lord, fill this place. And he has. He has. I'm thankful for the wonderful moving and blessing of God's presence here today. Thank the Lord. It's a privilege to be here. This is why I came. This is why I came. I wanted to be in his presence. I wanted to be fulfilled in his presence. But I also wanted to worship him wanted to praise him, exalt him, because he's worthy. He is absolutely worthy. Thank the Lord. One more time as you return to your seats, remain standing. Let's give the Lord another hand praise, shall we? Let's praise him. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Brother Dave and our media team presented our church ad uh, that will be running. Uh, it'll also be launched on uh, a number of social media outlets uh, in the next day or so. So we're excited uh, to let people know there's a church where people love God, where they're committed, where the Word of God is taught and preached, where God is worshipped through the conduit of music and singing. I'm thankful for Grace Church today, and I'm thankful for all of the blessings that God has given to this wonderful, wonderful church. Thank the Lord. Without any other ado, it is always our privilege and honor. We, we say these things all the time, but when I say it, I mean it. If I didn't mean it, I wouldn't say it. We're really privileged and honored today to have our Louisiana District Superintendent, Brother Darrell Weber, and his wonderful wife, Sister Karen Weber, here with us today. And uh, we've looked forward to this. He was with us almost one year ago, and the time has passed like that. I remember as though it were yesterday that he was here. Now, he may not feel that way with his job. Uh, God bless Brother Weber and all that he does as superintendent. But it does feel like just a short time ago that he was here. and We're blessed and privileged to have him here today. Thank the Lord. We love our district superintendent. He's doing an amazing job uh, with our district and uh, doing an amazing job with our campgrounds. Thank the Lord. Let's give him a welcome as he comes to minister to us today. Thank the Lord. Amen. If you will grab your Bibles, we're going to the book of Josiah. Well, uh, you're not going to go there with me? Well, let's go to Psalm then. I'm just testing what kind of church I'm in today. Praise God. Psalm chapter 147 or the 147th Psalm. Amen. There were a couple people searching their Bible contact, uh, contents for that book. It is not going to be in there, by the way. Amen. Thank you, brother and sister Murphy, for raising up such a 
glorious representation of the body of Christ in central Louisiana. Amen. I give your leaders honor. What wonderful pastor, pastor's husband you have. Amen. Aren't you glad that God loves you enough to give you great leaders like you have? Amen. Of course, I'm not telling you anything you do not already know and experience. And if I were a guest here today looking for a church, does anybody know where they can find a good one? Anybody? Amen. That's what I thought. I thought today this would settle the issue that in this house, the presence of God is here. The body of Christ, part of the body of Christ is here and great leadership representing Christ is here. What else do you need, amen, to make up your mind, amen? And you can't base your decision on my preaching today. You'll have to come back and hear this great man of God preach, amen, and I know that you will, you will let that seal the deal for you. I give them honor. We're so honored to be back with them, and yes, it does seem like just a couple of days ago we were, we were doing this, and uh, and that's the way it ought to be. If you're not busy, then uh, you know what? You probably, you're just counting the seconds. But we're thankful for the things that God is doing in our lives. Amen. And to this wonderful leadership team, all the greeters and meters and, and movers and shakers and uh, quakers and the movers and all of you, we're glad to be with you in this wonderful congregation, Grace Church. Thank you for showing such grace to the guests that walk through the doors of this local assembly. Amen. Amen. Psalm 147 is where we're looking. And I still hadn't got used to these young people at the front. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to suggest that all churches have their young people up front. Because they are going to be amening the preaching all morning, right? Uh, all right. Amen. We've got a lot of Bible quizzers here. A lot of young people that love the Lord, they will leave. I was thinking on the way here, and I know you've been standing a while. Just, just give me one moment. But I was driving here, and my wife's working on a computer, and I'm, I'm going over in my mind many different things. And one of the things that I thought about is that as I drove by a truck, had a father and son in it and a boat behind it, and I was thinking he's taking his son fishing on Sunday morning. Perhaps they went to church last night. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. But maybe they didn't. Maybe they don't. And I was thinking, I would want my son sitting next to me on my way to church this morning. And I'm, of course, talking to the, the choir here, so to speak, because here you are. But I'm telling you, there's not a better place for you to be this morning, young people, than in the house of God. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I'd only wish that I had had a father that had taken me to church. Thank God for my mother, my mother. Because of my mother, all six of us were in church, and all six of us filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. I'm thankful for that. Amen. We're glad to have the women's ministry director of the state of Louisiana with us as well. Amen. Karen Weber. I'm kin to her by marriage. Amen. We love her. So glad she got to be with me today to see the great Grace Church. Amen. 
Amen. Psalm 147, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. Look at these next two verses very carefully with me. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their name. Great is the Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Amen. I would like to preach this morning on this subject. He numbers the stars. He numbers the stars. Lord, we're so thankful for what we feel in your house. We're unworthy of your presence. But Lord, that's not how you feel. You are ready. You are willing to rain down upon us your beautiful presence and the power of your name, the power of your blood through pouring out your spirit into our lives, filling us with the Holy Ghost miraculously moving in our needs and our issues of life casting out everything in us that would try to hold back your presence Lord you're here to do a mighty work in us we receive it right now we will hear your word and believe it in Jesus name we pray somebody said amen amen God bless you as you're seated is our prayer this morning amen he numbers the stars. At first, the psalmist speaks to us of God's intimacy with our own personal needs, his closeness to our own broken heart. He talks about our wounds, he talks about our sorrow, he talks about pain. Those things which, in a way, measure or define each person's existence. And then, practically, in the same breath, the psalmist seems to change the very subject that he starts talking about, and he begins talking about the stars in the heavens. Listen again, Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Then look, verse 4. He counts the number of stars. He calls them all by name. I find this amazing. Here's God, the creator of everything that exists. He's God Almighty, revealing himself in the very nearest thing to all of us, and that is our individual needs and our individual feelings. But in the very next breath, he changes the focus from us to the stars in the sky. The psalmist is one minute talking about the personal things of of dealing, God dealing with our hurts and God dealing with our, our brokenness. And then it seems as though suddenly he moves from us and he seems to somehow change his mind and starts talking about the stars. Now, if I had gone to the psalmist for some encouragement and I wanted some direction because of some issue in my life and he patted me on the back and he began to tell me the Lord heals your broken heart. That would feel good. Amen, somebody? I would already be feeling better just him telling me that he 
binds up your wounds. Amen. I began to feel much better. Not only does he heal my brokenness, but now he binds up my wounds because I have wounds. So I asked the psalmist to tell me more. I'm ready. He's on a roll now, and I expect to, to hear the next statement that should be more fulfilling than that. And I lean in to listen to those words, but instead of talking about my need, and instead of talking about my wounds, instead of talking about where I'm hurt in my life and where I need God to move in my circumstance, he says God numbers the stars and he calls them all by name. Wait a minute. Here you go again. You've changed the subject. I don't need an astronomy lesson. The stars are way up there, and I'm way down here. If I don't know any better, I'd think that the psalmist has been burning the midnight oil a little too much. He needs a little break. He's overworked. His mind isn't functioning and staying on focus. He can't even follow the same train of thought from one sentence to the next sentence. It seems like he has what writers call some time or another in their, their experiences as writers. They, maybe he has writer's block. It's a condition primarily associated with writing in which an author is either unable to produce new work or, or, or experiences a creative slowdown. He becomes sluggish. After all, can there be a connection between the vast starry skies and what I'm going through down here? Can there be a connection between the heavens which are so infinitely great, so incredibly immense, and a human heart which is so frail and so delicate? Can there be a connection between the celestial heavens which man understands so little bit about and our own hurt? which man knows much more about, I submit to you that the psalmist is not making a mistake in his writing. For the Bible tells us as godly men were moved on by the Spirit of God, he superintended their words and he used those words to produce his scripture. That means God moved on the hand. And moved on the mind of the psalmist to write it just the way God wanted it. So somehow, God numbering the stars of heaven has something to do with my struggles and my issues. Perhaps the psalmist is saying this to us this morning. There's a God who can heal your wounds. There's a God who can understand and heal your brokenness. And if you don't think he can do it, then you ought to see him out there when he's counting every star. And you ought to see him out there when he knows every star by their name. In other words, don't judge your God by the size of your problem. He's bigger than that. Somebody say he's bigger than that. 
He's bigger than your pain. He's bigger than your trial. He's bigger than your brokenness. He's bigger than your hurt. And the psalmist said he can orchestrate the numbering of the celestial bodies. And if he can count the stars and give them a name, certainly he can heal your situation. Certainly he can minister to you in your life right where you are. Hallelujah. If you can get a hold of this, this promise that you have, I promise it will reroute your faith when you began to face things or perhaps are facing things in this room right now. The great preacher A.W. Tozer, he once said, Worship is, a, is pure or base as one entertains high or low thoughts of God. Tozer also said, we tend by some secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. This means that what you think about God will directly affect how you live as well as how you worship. And the sad thing is that too many people have too small a concept of God, an inadequate view of God, a limited, narrow view of God. There are many humanists and philosophers who, and we live in a, uh, you live in a, a, a big college town, but we have the philosophy of religion. We have the sociology of religion. We have the anthropology of religion. We have the psychology of religion. And what happens is man begins with himself as a model to begin to try to define what God is like. But man beginning with himself, that is, from his own vantage point, can only arrive at a very small concept of God. If we look at God merely from man's viewpoint, then we're going to run into the same danger as the wise barnacle. There was a wise barnacle. For the young people, this is just a parable, all right? It's not a true story, okay? This is not a real talking barnacle living on a, some... Uh, pil pillar that's in the water under a pier in the ocean. This is just a story. But there's a wise barnacle. And he was sitting at the bottom of the ocean attached to his rock. Seems this one particular day in a moment of mystical enlightenment, the wise barnacle got his glimpse of what man was like. He looked through the ocean above into the atmosphere from his vantage point, and he saw man. So he gathered his barnacle disciples around him. He began to expound upon the nature of man. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, man is, has no shell. Man is not attached to a rock. And man is not surrounded by water. Well, as time went on, a few of his barnacle buddies, they further pursued the question of what man was like. They began to rationalize like this. Well, since man had no shell, he must be a shapeless body of jelly. Since man has not was not attached to a rock, it was quite obvious that man had no location where he could live. And since man, number three, was not surrounded by water, and there was obviously no food that would float past him, it was reasonably concluded that Man did not eat. Eventually, the barnacles decided 
that man was far less relevant and man was far less important than they were. So, from the barnacle viewpoint, from their environment, from their limited understanding of nature, they had concluded an extremely limited and warped concept of man. So we see that barnacles could never know what man was like unless man chose to break into their environment, break in and personally reveal himself to the barnacles. In the same manner, man cannot know what God is like unless God chooses to personally reveal himself to us. And that is just what God did. That's why we have the Bible. It's God's way of revealing himself to us. Somebody shout amen. God has given us the scriptures for one purpose, to reveal his nature to us, to reveal his character to us. God wants you to know what he is like. And if you want to know what he's like, this is how to know. Amen. Amen. When you get to the book of John, John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And the Word was made flesh, verse 14, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, full of grace, amen, and truth. God knew that there was no way that you could ever understand that He could forgive that he could love, that he could redeem, that he could save, that he could understand you. Amen. Understand what you were going through as long as you had a limited view of his nature. So our great God, our loving God, he came into this world and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. And on one side of his character, he controls the worlds of the universe and he calls the stars by their names. But on the other side of his character, he's full of mercy and compassion for every man, woman, and child. I'm so glad that God isn't a God that my pea-sized brain can fathom and understand and figure out. I don't want anything to do with a God that fits under my microscope. I don't want anything to do with a God that can, can be tested in some test tube and proven. A God like that would be so small and limited that I could explain and find the beginning and the end of Him. Yes, I thank God for what I know about Him. But I think today, I thank God more for what I don't know about Him. Praise God. That's the kind of God that's in this place right now. That's the kind of God who feels, as Pastor said a moment ago, feels this place already with His presence. Would you lift your hands in the air? That great God is in this house. That great God who can count the stars. Amen. Who calls them by name. He also right now knows where you are in life. He knows what you are going through. He knows your struggles. He knows your feelings. He wants to step into your life. He wants to assist you, deliver you, heal you, help you, save you, feel you. Praise God. Praise God. He numbers the stars. In Hebrews 1, 3, 
the apostle says something very powerful. Look what he says. He upholds all things by the word of his power. It is him that makes the atom move, the building block of all things. It is his power. The verb upholds means supporting present continuous action. He continually holds things together. This universe would disintegrate and fly to pieces if it weren't for the upholding power of God. Do you know that if the earth's rotation would slow just a little bit, we would freeze for 12 hours and we would burn up for 12 hours? Sounds close to Louisiana. Or did you know that the sun has a surface temperature of 12,000 degrees Fahrenheit? And if it were any closer or any farther away, we would freeze and we would burn. Do you know that our globe is tilted at exactly 23 degrees? And if it wasn't at that exact angle, vapors from the ocean would move north and south and our earth would turn, up, turn into two huge piles, continents of ice. Did you know that if the moon did not remain at its exact distance from the earth, the ocean tides would cover the land mass of the earth twice a day? Do you know that if ocean, uh, that the ocean slipped to just a couple of feet deeper, carbon dioxide and oxygen in the earth's atmosphere would be completely absorbed and no vegetable life could live? Did you know that if the atmosphere didn't remain constant in the earth but it thinned out, Millions of meteors which harmlessly burn up in our atmosphere now would devastate the earth. And I don't know about you, but if my God can uphold all of that, I know he can heal my body. And I know he can bind up my wounds. And I know he can come to my rescue. And I know he can fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I know he can forgive me of all my sins and mistakes. He numbers the stars. Your response to God is not wasted. You are moving the mountain mover. You're blessing the blessing giver. Your faith is in God right now is not wasted. It transcends this room. It moves out beyond any barriers that can hold you physically here. And it transcends this room and it reaches the throne of grace and mercy. That's what we have access to right now in this place. Because he numbers the stars. Most of us know the speed of light. 186,000 miles per second. That means that in one split second, light can travel around the earth seven and a half times. One second. It's already gone around seven and a half times. Started all over again. If you were to go outside on a clear night, you can see a band of light across the sky that looks like a cloud. Actually, that's the rim of what we earthlings call the Milky Way. It's our galaxy. What you're seeing are not clouds. 
But what you're seeing are billions of stars. Do you know how far away those billions of stars are? If you were traveling at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, it would take you four and a half years just to get to the first star. A light year. A light year. It's simply how far light travels in one year, traveling at 186,000 miles per second. In one year, it travels six trillion miles light in one year. The Milky Way's nearest star to planet Earth is Alpha Centauri. That's the closest star. Four and a half light years away. Some 27 trillion miles away. The distance a woman walks in the mall on Saturday. That sort of gives you the idea of what I'm talking about. And that's just the nearest star. The closest. And friend, there are over 100 billion stars in our galaxy alone. As incredible as that sounds, as huge as that sounds, our Milky Way galaxy is one of the smallest galaxies in the universe. In fact, astronomers with the 200-inch telescope at Mount Polymer in California estimate that as they look through the cup of the Big Dipper alone, they can see over one million more galaxies the size of the Milky Way are greater. Think of the magnitude of what I'm saying this morning. The magnitude of the creative power of our almighty God. And the Bible says that our God upholds everything with the power of his own hand. And some people wonder if God is big enough to help them in their dilemma. Look at your neighbor and say, what? May I tell you our God's bigger? May I tell you our God's greater? May I tell you his mercy is deeper? May I tell you his love is wider? His spirit is stronger. This one who upholds everything is the same God concerned about you. My, my. So here's God upholding everything. Nothing's getting out of its order. Nothing is deviating a second in time over centuries. And yet Luke tells us his eye is on the sparrow. I'm trying to grasp the nature of this great God. Ladies and gentlemen, as you begin to get a glimpse of what God is really like, I tell you, it will change the way you approach him. You won't come into a house like this and just throw yourself into a pew and keep watch on your clock and wonder how quick things are going to happen so you can get back out of here. Oh, no, no, no. When you think about the one who numbers the stars is available to you in this house right now, 
You won't look for the door. You'll look for the door of heaven to open. You'll look for the hand of God to reach down. You'll look for the Spirit, amen, to rain down in your situation, to move in your family, to move in your ministry, to move on your job, to move on your sons and your daughters. look at that verse again the same he numbers the stars from the wealthy lady in her palace to the poor man in his hut not a man or woman among us is exempt from the ordinary pains of human experience all of us sooner or later come to know what it means to be crushed what it means to be wounded, what it means to be broken, what it means to be overwhelmed, what it means not to know which direction to take. It's a part of the price we pay for living this temporary human existence. But it, if, if he counts the stars and he numbers them, and if he cares that much about inanimate objects that do not have a soul, how much more do you think that he cares for you in this room right now? We serve a merciful God. Look what the Lord promises in Luke 4, 18. He has sent me, Jesus said. Here's what I'm sent to you for, he says. He has sent me to heal your brokenness. Our hearts can be broken. Our lives can be broken. Our situations can be so broken. Our direction can be broken. Our emotions can be broken. People in situations can live broken lives. And Jesus says that's exactly why I'm here. Because I can heal your brokenness. Then it says to preach deliverance to the captives. There are things that desire to hold you back. There are things that do not want you to live for God. There are things that don't want you to succeed. There are things, things, things. Spirits, not people. You don't fight with flesh and blood. But principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. It's things that come against you to bind and hold. You can be sitting in a church today and be held, held back from accomplishing what God wants to do in your life, what God wants to set free in you and you produce and you be fulfilled and receive and, and pour out. And God says, I've come. I've come to preach deliverance to you. I can deliver you. And then it says... I've also come to recover sight because somebody in here, recover means you had it once. It means I've come to recover sight in your life. You, you had faith one time. You put your life in my hands at one time. You trusted me. You walked with me. You had a power when you prayed. And something stole that away from you. Somehow, some journey, some pain, some brokenness separated us. He said, I've come.
back to you. I want you to know I've brought recovery. I can revive you. I can restore your faith. I can put the dance back in your feet. I can put the joy back in your soul. You're a shell of what you used to be. He says, I've come. I've come to recover your sight. He is a God of restoration. I want to stop right there. I really feel something powerful in this place. A God of restoration. Thank you, Jesus. God, we can hide in a crowd, but not from you, just from one another. So right now, reach into us in this house right now. Restore what you need to all the way from ministry to, to somebody that's just walked in the door for the first time. Everything in this house. Recover anything that's been stolen. Recover anything that's been given up. Anything, God. Joy, faith, ministry, calling in the name of Jesus. He is a God of restoration. I don't think he can do it, Brother Weber. You don't know where I've been. David has a reminder for you. He numbers the stars. He calls them all by name. Not one scientist and not a group of them. Not an army of them have ever been able to name every star. Because every day they look into the sky, there's a thousand, a million, million galaxies and stars. But your God, I didn't say my God, I said your God, your God numbers the stars. He looked at Jeremiah who started talking about the immenseness of his issues, the size of his problems and God had enough of it. God says, is anything too hard for me? So now God doesn't just say it to Jeremiah. God speaks it to us in this room right now. The thing that you can't get over right now. The thing that you struggle the most with. The thing that you keep hitting over and over and over. God says, is anything too hard for me? A God who numbers the stars. And then he says, I've come to set at liberty. This is, a, this is a different one. I've come to set at liberty them that have been bruised. 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 Bruises are caused by hits. There are people under the sound of my voice this morning who feel like you've really been hit. And it's everything you can do to hold back your tears right now. And some of you hadn't been able to do a good job of that. Because you feel the presence of God so strongly in this room. You feel Him drawing you. He is pleading with you for your faith. Just respond to me. Put your faith in me. I'll use that faith as a platform to do everything I need to accomplish in your life. Bruises. You can cover up bruises. 
from somebody's viewpoint, but you can't change how they feel. Jesus has come to free you today. I close with this today. There's a story of this great 16th century painting. It's called The Lame Man that Jesus healed. It seems that decades after decades, many had viewed the great famous painting. Many had marveled as the, at the features of that lame man's face and the special way Jesus had stretched out his hand to him. This one day, another artist, a famous painter in his own right, he came to see this famous painting. After a comparison, he thought for a while of all the paintings he had seen. He learned to look at a painting deeper and try to find its deeper meaning. And one of his com companions with him, he asked, he says, he says uh, you know, what do you find most impressing about this painting? What do you find most remarkable about the painting of the lame man? The famous artist thoroughly and carefully then looked at this painting one more time. And he answered this. What impresses me most about the painting of the lame man is how far in the background the man's cane has been painted. That's what he wants to do for you this morning. If you're hurting this morning, if you're broken in your body, Jesus can heal your brokenness. If you're broken in your spirit, something that has taken place in your life that has left you heavy, Jesus wants to wrap his arms around you, strengthen you, lift you up. If you need his mercy, if you need his forgiveness, Jesus is waiting on you. If you need his spirit to fill your life, I'm telling you there is nothing that God desires to do more than to fill you with his spirit this morning. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars and he calls them by their name. Would you stand with me this morning? There is a drawing presence of God in this house. If I were you in this place, and there was some need in my life, and I had an opportunity to stand in the presence of the one who numbers the stars, I would step out in that aisle right now. I'd say, excuse me, I've got to go to the front. I've got to go to the front, and I've got to lift my hands, and I've got to petition that great God in this house. I would find a place if I, had, if I had need of healing, if I had need of forgiveness, if I had need of mercy in this place, if I had some overwhelming issue in my life that I did not know what direction to take, I would bring it to the one who upholds everything with the power of his hands. He's here for you. He's your God.
Would you come to this altar before you go home today? Would you do that? I believe God wants to pour something into your life, into your home, into your marriage, into your situation, into your ministry, into the prayers you've been praying. Perhaps today's the last day. Perhaps the answering day is coming. It's here today, right now. The vial is full. It's going to be uncorked because you're believing one more day. And he's going to pour out the answers in your life one more time. Whatever you need. If your child needs something. If your parents need something. If your family needs to know God. If they need a breakthrough. You're here representing someone else. I would not hesitate to petition that great God in this house. Would you do that right now? Would you lift your hands and would you tell him, God, I need you. You can't tell him anything that would please him more than to say, I need you. I'm not self-sufficient. I don't have all the answers. I need you. He numbers the stars. Brother Weber, you don't know how long I've had this issue. He numbers the stars. Brother Weber, you don't know what the doctor told me. He numbers the stars. He numbers. Brother Weber, you haven't been in my house lately. He numbers. He numbers the stars. He upholds everything. He can work it out. Trust him this morning. I want our ministry team in the house today move throughout this room. Pray with anybody and everybody you can. As our praise singers began to worship, lead us in praise and faith and believing. The Spirit of God is in this house available to you right now. That's it in the name of Jesus. Approach Him. He's ready. He's willing. He's available to you right now. Petition Him in your faith. Jesus' name.
Everybody sing it with us. Would you lift your hands heavenly right now, everybody? 